Hello. This is Mary Christopher, and this is our 4th of July 2022 podcast. So, obviously, today is celebrated in the U.S. as Independence Day. And the um, (laughs) celebrations here may be a little bit dampened. Um, There's a lot of turmoil and upset and polarization in the country, which is not anything new here. I mean, we seem to go through cycles of that, just like everywhere else in the world. Um, but today it's it's difficult because of some of the rulings from the Supreme Court. And one of the things that is sort of inherent and difficult in the history of the U.S. is that we were founded, like through the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and all those things, we were founded on the principle of independence and personal freedom, that everyone is entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the, the big contradiction is that, um, among many, but these big ones, is that the economy of the U.S. at the time we were being founded was, to a large extent, based on slavery or people who were indentured. So there were indentured people, primarily in the northern states, that was a common practice. And in the south, the the whole economy rested on slavery. And that still has not, I mean, we don't have slaves technically anymore, um, but we still have not resolved that. We haven't healed it. Um, we have all these monumental buildings like, you know, government buildings in the U.S. And the ones that were built in the 1700s and into the 1800s were mostly built by slave labor. The transcontinental railway was built by people who were essentially slaves. Chinese people, Hispanic people, just from every country people would, you know, people got here and they found work either on the west coast heading east or on the east coast heading west, work on the rail line. And they were not treated well. They were paid very low wages and they were not treated well. So in many ways, they were the equivalent of slaves. And and if they dropped dead, the stories I've read are that they're, they just 
kind of made a deeper hole in the rail in the bed of the rail line and you know pushed them in and covered them up yikes so here we have a country that's founded absolutely founded on the individual's right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and and we're having a hard time living up to that one. And this is true around the world. This is, I mean, we're not the one and only country that's dealing with this kind of karma or contradiction. But ours is kind of in our face right now. <laughs> so um, wherever in the world you are today, I hope that you're safe and that you're healthy and that you're generating some grace and some happiness in your life today, that you're finding joy. So when, when, we, when the world gets into this state of turmoil and karma and you know, people getting blown to bits right and left. It's hard. It's just hard to generate within ourselves some kind of serenity or peacefulness or calmness or happiness. It's hard. So, I was thinking about this this morning and I was remembering when our kids were growing up, we took our youngest son to the pediatrician. I don't remember what for, but I don't know if he was not feeling well or if it was a just a regular checkup or what. But uh, we had a great pediatrician, Walter Murray. And we, my husband and I were there, and my son was there, and uh, we were on a first-name basis with our pediatrician. We had become good friends. And he walked over to my son, and he said, he looked at him real intently, this little guy sitting on the exam table, and he looked at him real intently, and he said, who is your best friend? And my son looked over at me like we were just standing against the wall trying to stay out of the way, right? My son looked at me like, what? What's going on here, right? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And this was all just, you know, nonverbal <laughs> communication. And so Walter said to him, who is your best friend? And John just looked at him like, you know, I don't know. Who's my best friend? And Walter said, you are your best friend. You are your best friend. Always, always be your own very best friend. And I think this applies. It's sort of like... 
spiritual common sense. And the more that we can be our own best friend, then the better we are equipped to deal with the world. The world's a mess. We know the world is a mess. And there are thousands and hundreds of thousands of people who are doing their best to keep some sort of peace and equanimity in their lives. They're going to work. They're taking care of themselves. They're taking care of their families. They're working hard. They're doing essential jobs all around the world. And and many people are doing their best to help their neighbor. So when we're faced with this level of turmoil and upset and karma and injury and you name it, right? <laughs> you name it. Um, then we have to be sure that we are our own best friend. That's so essential. And that means, that means being very compassionate with ourselves and when our little internal gremlin starts, you know, fussing at us and telling us, you know, where we failed and and how we're not such good people and, you know, everybody has those little gremlins that are, it's the negative self-talk um, and, or the, the negative ego, right? There's a positive ego and a negative ego and Neither one of them should be listened to, right? Except maybe for five minutes at three o'clock in the afternoon, right? You can say to your gremlins, okay, I'm going to listen to you. I don't believe a word you say, but I'm going to listen to you for five minutes at three o'clock this afternoon. And then I want you to just shut up. Okay? Okay. So you make a deal with your gremlins. This is something I learned from a book about gremlins. um, That I I still have the book. It's just a wonderful book. And I can't remember the name of it. But I I will look it up. Okay. So, learning to take better care of ourselves... Whether the world is coming apart at the seams or not is really essential. And the other things we can do, obviously, are do our spiritual work, build spiritual muscle, right? And create a reservoir or a a backup system of happiness or beauty or joy or just little reminders around our house or apartment or even our room things that remind us to pay attention to something besides doom and gloom so in my room I have this lovely uh, little statue of Kuan Yin and uh, she's part of the 
Eastern tradition, and she represents compassion. And we work on this a lot in meditation class. Where does compassion start? Where do we start with that practice? We start with ourselves. We start by being very compassionate with ourselves, with our shortcomings and our ups and downs and our little mistakes. And I was on the phone with someone a while back and they were just feeling terrible about themselves. I mean, like really terrible, right? And it was over some family misunderstanding, right? And I said, okay, let's, let's talk about this. I said, um, have you hit anybody today? And they said, no, no. I said, okay, have you run into anybody with your car? No, no, no. Have you robbed a bank today? No, 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 of course not. Did you spit on the street today? No, no, no. Did you help somebody? Did you open the door for somebody today if you were out doing things? Well, yeah, I did. Well, actually, that was yesterday. I didn't, haven't done that today. Okay. So we kind of went through this list, and this the person's whole view of themselves began to shift. I said, have you stolen any horses? So, you know, are you a horse thief? And, and they started laughing, you know. So that was the end of, of feeling like they were the worst person in the world. And sometimes we have to do really silly things with ourselves in order to trick our brain, to trick the way our neurons are firing. So remember... Neurons that fire together, wire together. So we don't, we don't want our gremlins wiring our brain. I mean, it's already wired enough, right? The, the, they're so busy selling disease and discomfort and unhappiness and discontent <clears throat> with ads, whether you're on your cell phone or your iPad or your Mac or your television or, you know. So we, we have to be mindful of what we're taking in and how we're treating ourselves. And as we build, as we build that level of compassion, like a whole, we need a whole lake full of compassion for ourselves. And when we do that, right, when we fill that lake, then, then we have the resources, the means and the resources to be compassionate with others. And it's, it's amazing when we are kind and thoughtful and mindful with ourselves and compassionate. It is so much easier to be compassionate with other people. And of course, the the Taoists and the Buddhists and other traditions have taught this forever. And from what I learned from my Sufi teachers is that 
if you want to start the day out right, or if you want to start a project out right, then a lot of Sufis and followers of Islam will say, Bismillah, forgive my pronunciation, okay? Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. We begin, we begin in the name of Allah, most merciful and compassionate. So there we are. We can start our day. We don't, you can say it any way you want, right? You can, can put anybody's name in there, right? But of course, their Allah is their reference to the, to the Almighty, right? To the great creator. And the other thing we can do is plug ourselves back into creation. And I know I keep saying this, but I want you to know that I am standing outside in a little park with picnic tables. I'm standing under this beautiful tree, and there's a light, very light, gentle breeze that's blowing. And it's just on, like on my face, it's like being caressed, okay? And it's, it's the most wonderful feeling. And there's beautiful green grass and trees, trees. We've had rain, okay, so the dandelions are blooming here in this little picnic area. It's a happy spot, right? <laughs> it is. And when, when we plug ourselves back into nature, back into creation, all of our systems become more coherent like they they start doing their work their jobs better and we know this we know this we just get busy and forget so anytime that I can I like to record my podcast outside as most of you know so let's do our meditation <sighs> take some breaths And one of the lovely things about doing a meditation is that we can take our attention off the world. My mom used to quote Shakespeare, and it, her quote, one of her favorite quotes was, the world is too much with us. So, when we do our meditations especially if we're outside, we are more consciously plugged in to the electromagnetic field of the earth, which is very stabilizing for our entire system. And people who do work like gardening or they're working outside in the forests or um, they're park rangers, you know, national park rangers, or um, just anything where, where we're outside, there's a kind of natural stability that, <clears throat> that's available. So, and this is why when we do our meditations, I always suggest that you 
find a spot outside if that's possible. If not, use your amazing imagination to see and feel yourself in your favorite, favorite place in nature. And if you can't think of anything, just imagine that you're here with me in this lovely, shady picnic area. We've got plenty of seating at the picnic tables. Um, the mosquitoes are still asleep, right? They're not up yet. Um, and there aren't that many bugs. And on the ground, I found a, a bird's egg. So somewhere around here, there's a baby bird that we know of for sure. And some lovely dandelions that have popped up. Volunteer dandelions. It's very peaceful. There's not a lot of traffic today because most people are off. So, when we do our meditations and we close our eyes or close them part way, then we are flipping the switch on our visual, our intake of visual information. And what I realized the other day is that we can close our eyes and flip the switch on that, all that visual information. But we can't do that with our ears unless we have like noise canceling headphones, right? We can't do that, which is probably a good thing. It's probably a survival thing. So I'm sitting here with my eyes closed and my ears are, you know, listening a little more intently and I'm letting myself settle in. I'm sitting on, at one of the picnic tables and feel my hip bones, also known as my sitting bones. My feet are on the ground. I've got shoes on because it's damp. If you can take your shoes off, that's, that's great. I mean, anytime we can get our feet on the earth, we're almost immediately more grounded. So I thought today, even though the world's a mess and in turmoil, if you're able to listen to this podcast, there are some things in your life that are working. Even if a lot of things are not working so well, there are things that are working or you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing. So I've been thinking that we should really focus on gratitude and appreciation. So we start with the small things, like 
I made my bed this morning. I really appreciate that I got that done. I had wonderful cinnamon and raisin toast for breakfast this morning and some really good herbal tea. I'm really grateful and I appreciated that. I took the split second to savor, savor the taste of that toast with honey and cinnamon and raspberries. And I took the time to really enjoy and appreciate my herbal tea. So you, you, got, you got the gist of this. We're not just rattling off, right, what we appreciate or what we're grateful for. Like, I'm grateful for my house, I'm grateful for my car, I'm grateful for my phone, I'm grateful for my computer, right? grateful for my friends we're gonna slow the process down and really savor or appreciate what we're grateful for let it soak in because we want more of that and by doing this level of appreciation and gratitude and savoring we're telling our reticular activating system what we like. And this is a part of our wiring, right? It's, it's, not, it's not the consciousness. We are our consciousness. We are the ones with the capacity for awareness and attention. But all of our neurons respond to what we do with our mind, what we do with our awareness and our attention. So we're signaling all of our little neurons, especially the reticular activating system. There's some good videos on YouTube. We're signaling what we like, what we appreciate, and what we want more of in our lives. Okay. And of course, just bottom line, I'm happy to be here. I'm grateful to be alive, to hear the birds, feel the breeze. smell some of the flowers so you get the gist let's just do some real easy breath work centering relaxing and we'll center ourselves with our heart and then we'll just let ourselves remember and be with what we are grateful for what we appreciate in our lives. So as you breathe in, following your breath all the way down into your toes, 
Feel yourself becoming more centered. As you breathe out, following your breath, all the way up from your toes, through your legs, through your torso, past your heart, from the bottom of your lungs, through your throat, and out through your nose or your mouth. Allow yourself to relax. As you breathe in, be aware of how centered you are. As you breathe out, allow yourself to relax a little bit more. And when you're comfortable with your breath, feeling centered and relaxed, Bring your awareness to your heart. And just very gently think or remember something about yourself that you're grateful for. Some aspect, some experience that you're deeply grateful for, that brought you joy. And stay with that experience, or maybe there's another experience that you remember. Just be with, as you breathe, as you're with your heart, be with what you love and appreciate about yourself and within your life. And we'll just sit quietly for a few minutes.
Now as you breathe in, be aware of how centered you are. And as you breathe out, be aware of how relaxed and at ease you are. And if you can stay with your meditation for a few more minutes, stay right with it. If you need to move on to something else, then be aware of your breath. Breathing in. Being aware of your body lungs and your heart. Following your breath as you breathe out through your mouth or your nose to the space all around you. And as you breathe out very gently when you're ready, open your eyes. Good work. And be aware of how you feel when you finish your meditation. Just be aware of that. Be aware whether it was a perfect meditation or not, right? Be aware of how you feel. Are you more centered? Are you more relaxed? Is your brain calmer? Are your little neurons a little happier? <laughs> okay? Just be aware of that. So, have a wonderful week wherever you are. Sending many, many blessings and reminders to take good care of yourself. So I'm pretty sure you're taking good care of everybody around you. So take good care of yourself. And we'll talk again next Sunday. Thanks for listening and remember to breathe.